Amen. You all may grab a seat if you'd like. I'm Forrest, if we haven't met. I hope we get to soon. It is so exciting to be out here together. What a gift. Thanks be to God. We started out here in the fall. We had no idea if we'd make it this far. And by God's grace, we have and be able to worship together all year and be back out here now for the, for the final uh, Final element, final piece of the semester. What a gift. Ah, so grateful. So grateful to be able to worship God together with you all. Hey, we're continuing our series on First Peter, finding encouragement and standing firm in the grace of God. And last week we talked about how we have only find our true freedom by submitting to God. Today, we're going back a little bit. That was the end of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to back a, go back a little bit to uh, 1 Peter, the, the beginning of chapter 2, because we have to catch up to the, the, the passage in 1 Peter that really speaks to the resurrection and this beautiful, exciting Easter uh, resurrection we've just been celebrating. And as we do, I think we come to this text that provides a, a, a picture of a new identity a new identity we have and a new purpose we have as God's people. So keep an eye out as we, as we read this text, as we go into this. What is the new identity and what is our new purpose as God's people? This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. You can stay seated. It's a little harder to get off the ground. <laughs> Coming to him, Jesus, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, let yourselves, or you yourselves, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and makes a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen family, a royal priesthood, a holy nation that God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is God's word for us today. Well, remember the context. The context here, remember, is it, we just read the part that Kent preached on a few weeks ago about getting rid of in our community of all this malice and guile and insincerity and envy and slander, all these things that destroy a community. And instead, remember that was the, all the junk we we're going to put in our blender, but instead just drinking the pure spiritual milk. The spiritual milk. The spiritual milk is, is Jesus. He's the one who is the pure spiritual milk. And this is, this is the, already through Peter, we've seen this again and again. The center is Jesus. From the very beginning in verse 2, it says that we are chosen, to be obe- chosen and sanctified to be obedient to Jesus Christ. 
And then this amazing resurrection pass, or text in 1-3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We saw in verse 1, chapter, 19, chapter 1, verse 19, how Jesus has ransomed us by his precious blood. And then God gave him glory by raising him from the dead. So our faith and our hope is in him. The center has been Jesus throughout the first Peter. And so we're not surprised we come here to our passage today and we're coming to him, Jesus, this living stone. He is the center we're coming to. This living stone is one who's rejected by people, yet chosen and honored in God's sight. This is the story we've just celebrated, just remembered, rejected, spat upon, mocked, bruised, whipped, hung on a cross, naked, rejected by mortals, yet honored by God. Honored, most of all, in the way that three days later the tomb was empty. Hallelujah. Three days later, he was alive, showing himself to, to up to 500 over those 40 days. Jesus was alive. God honored him in his death and his sacrifice by raising him to new life. And what Peter calls it is, this Jesus is a living stone. What's a living stone? I think when we think about living stone, we think about this. Think about a rock that's embedded in the earth, a big rock, a rock that's there. It's, it's almost like it's growing out of the earth like a big tree. In Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, there's, there's this incredible big outcrop of rock in the middle of the city. My family and I, when we lived in Scotland for three years, I did my, when I was doing my PhD, we get to go to Edinburgh a number of times, and it's incredible to see this huge, beautiful black rock up in the, right in the middle of this big of this city. And the city built around it, and the castle built on top of it there. That's a living stone, this big, giant, immovable rock. This is the living stone, Jesus. It's solid, but it's almost alive. It's as if it's growing out of that ground. He is the living stone. Jesus, the resurrected one, is the unshakable, rooted, living rock. And who are we then? Who are we? We are also living stones. You yourselves are being built up into a spiritual house as living stones. Peter is giving us a new identity. We are actually living stones too. But a different kind of living stone. Instead of the kind that's rooted in the, in, in the, in the ground, our stones are ones that are built upon that one big rock. We're like the castle at Edinburgh that's built on that big rock. It, it's seamless. You can't even tell sometimes where the rock stops and the castle begins. It's so cool. If you get to go there, check it out. This is our new identity. We are being built into a spiritual house. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How are we acceptable? Only by God's mercy. Only by God's mercy. So what's this house for? Jesus chapter 2 gives us a little hint where Paul there says that we are no longer strangers and aliens, but now citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. 
built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually. Sound familiar? Being built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. So what's this spiritual house we are building, being built into? It's a dwelling place for God. We are now living stones being built together to be a house where God dwells. A house where God dwells. This is reminiscent of the story of Israel. This whole passage is loaded with Old Testament references. All kinds of Old Testament stuff saying, hey, you actually are, as God's people, you're living in continuity with this bigger story. Since the beginning of the world, God has been working through this people Israel since the fall to redeem and make things right and show the world who he really is and what he wants the world to be. And now you, us, we're now part of that story built around this cornerstone. And so he quotes from Isaiah 28. See, I'm laying in Zion, that's Jerusalem, a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So we then come as God's people invited by faith to become living stones connected to this cornerstone. Some of y'all, I, I don't know if you have ever built with block before. I've had the privilege of going on some trips in Latin America and being able to build. This is one of the common building materials. Easy access and, good and, and strong and uh, good for wet climates. So when you're building something like this, you start with brick, you start with a block, but you start with the cornerstone. you got to put one down in the corner, and it's so important that you get that one squared up just right. So you get your level out, and you level every way possible, and then you do it again, and then you do it again, and then you do this, like this way, and the top, and the side, and you do it again, and you make sure that cornerstone is just right, plumb, square, everything you want it, because the whole rest of the building is going to be determined by that stone. That's a cornerstone. That's Jesus. The living stone, the resurrected one. He is the cornerstone. This one is the one from whom we all, we build around. And so then we come as living stones. We're the living stones. We come and we are built around him, on him, he gives us our direction, our plumb, our straight up and down. And we come together and we start building on him this spiritual house together. And because of who he is, the son of God, the resurrected and victorious Lord, now we have a direction and we also have a cohesion where you and I as the people of God actually come together as a people this is now who we are. We, as we trust in Jesus, we become living stones. And our trust in him connects us with him. As we're connected with him, we're connected with each other. We have a new identity. God's people. We have a new identity connected in our cornerstone, Jesus. Given a direction, a purpose, a way of being that's different from the world. But a way of being that keeps us straight and strong joyful and content, a way of being that lives in the fullness of who God is. 
as a part of the story of Israel. We saw in our passage that, that goes on, if we don't trust in Jesus, this stone's just a, a stumbling block. It just gets in the way because we want to build our own structure. But those of us who trust in Jesus, as God invites all of us to, we find that actually this stone is our compass, our anchor, our direction that holds us all together as God's people. There's nothing we do to earn it, but we come and we join in him and we find this new identity. In verse 9, we see this, this new identity unpacked even more. We are chosen family. We are a royal priesthood. We'll see more on that in a second. We are people of his possession. This is a, this is a shout out to Hosea. Remember Hosea, this crazy story of this prophet marrying a prostitute and naming his children, Lo-Ami, not my people, and Lo-Ruhamah, shown no mercy. Well, now Peter tells us, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had once not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You were those people lost and wandering, but now you've been brought back. The fulfillment of this Hosea prophecy and his children's names that God is going to redeem all things, starting with us. So we have this new identity as the people of God, brought together as in the spiritual house where God's going to dwell, and now we have a job. Because of who we are as God's people, chosen by God's mercy, we have a job. We now are a priesthood, a holy priesthood. What does a priesthood do? It says, world! World, look at this God. Look what he's done. Look what he has done in Jesus. He has died and risen, and he's alive to make all things right, to restore every relationship, every brokenness in us and around us, to make the world right again, starting with each of our hearts and overflowing through us to a whole world. This is what priests do. In other words, we as God's people, proclaim the mighty acts of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We know the light of Jesus. We've tasted it for ourselves. The Lord is good. We've tasted at Easter this marvelous light. We've moved out of the darkness. We're moving out of the darkness, the darkness of sin and death and evil in us. The way it conquers has, has tormented us, but no longer because we are the people of God being built into a spiritual house. We are ones who can now proclaim this mighty acts of the God who came to us in Jesus, lived, died, rose, the greatest mighty act of God. We proclaim it. And in that, just like Israel, we get to be ones who point to the light that is the light of all nations. Man, y'all can come on up. As God's people who are being built into a spiritual house, our job is to proclaim these mighty acts in word and deed. Proclaim it in character and lifestyle. Proclaim it in public and in private. Proclaim it in, our, in every place we go, on the athletic field and in our residence hall, in our families in our vocations and our jobs, we proclaim these mighty acts of the God who has called us out of the darkness into the marvelous light of the resurrected, living Jesus. 
This is the story of the resurrection, the story of 1 Peter. This is our story as God's people and God's call on us. We are his people, his priesthood, his ambassadors to this world. Let's stand and sing to that God who has given us life in Christ.